Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Matters, your go-to source for the latest industry news and insights. We bring you up-to-date information on the real estate market and discuss the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to help you make informed decisions. And now, we invite you to join us as we explore the exciting world of commercial real estate. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Commercial Real Estate Matters. I'm your host, John Powell, with Phoenix Commercial Properties based in Raleigh, North Carolina. And today we're joined by one of my colleagues at Phoenix. Kim Mills is our executive vice president and is one of the best tenant rep and buyer rep brokers in our area. Kim, thank you for taking time out to join us today. And I'm really excited about our conversation as we talk about how the consumer decides if they're going to buy or lease their next office space. I'm also excited to have our special guest in the studio with us today, and I'll go ahead and let you make that introduction. Oh, thanks, John. It's always so good to be back in the studio with you, and it is such a pleasure to introduce my friend, Keith Langbow, and he is someone I was so honored to represent and help him purchase his corporate headquarters, what, a couple of years ago, I believe. Keith is a huge family man and an aspiring Taekwondo master. So in addition to that, he finds time to be the founder and CEO of Kelica, which is a talent acquisition and advisory firm that has a very unique approach in their industry. They actually strive to understand the entire organization, not just their written qualifications, so they can actually meet cultural and functional needs of their clients. Does that kind of sound familiar, John? It does. We could we have a lot in common already. <laughs> we do. And Keith will tell you that he founded Kelica to quote redefine the recruiting experience, end quote. And I will tell you from my past and talent management, my past career, I for one find that he has done an excellent job redefining the talent acquisition experience. So, Keith, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for all those kind words. Well, and Keith, we are. We're glad to spend some time with you today and maybe start from the beginning. Tell us, tell our audience about how you and Kim first met and then maybe even pepper in how y'all decided to work together on looking for space. A lot of credit to Kim here, and I think everything I say today is going to be just just go to Kim, just ask Kim, because she's the one that seems to have all the answers to these. But Checks in the mail. Kim. I was trying to figure okay, out exactly. how we initially met, and I think it was through NCER, the North Carolina Executive Roundtable. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time you were incoming president for the organization, and somehow you recruited me. So you did your own talent acquisition and recruited me into be a membership chair for NCER and to put you on or put me on your officer board or, or things like that. So <laughs> I think that's how we met. Is that correct? Uh, kind of, sort of. Funny story. You probably don't remember, but actually I met Ben when oh, I was right. doing the interview roundtables for networking with Nate. That's right. So one of our, one of our Kelica teammates. Okay. Mm-hmm. So connected with Ben. Connected with Ben, learned a lot about Kelica, was really enthralled with the organization Realized you guys were actually in a cute little building on Creedmoor, which one of my other clients, Pretty in Pink Foundation, was in. That's right. 
And so I tried to meet you to get to know you and to see if you might be interested in that space downstairs to expand. And you just, you weren't having any of it. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I remember a bit of that story because I think there was some talk about maybe combining the two spaces and putting a staircase somehow in the middle between the two floors there. So I do remember that, but But, I'll apologize now. No. Now I'm so happy we knew each other. Please don't. Don't apologize. Mm-hmm. It, it was great. I do think we really got to know each other when you did come into North Carolina Executive Roundtable, and we got to actually work together. And I so appreciate all that you did for NCER and the, as our membership chair at the time. So thank you. Same to you. It's a love fest. It sure is. <laughs> I love that. And again, I again, one of our... my one of my other sisters you know, as well. So it, it, uh, it's become a great friendship and, and very much like uh, like a sister. Well, I certainly think in business, friendships and strong relationships, it's it's what we're all about. And so this is a great example of that. Wow. And tell us, when did y'all maybe begin the process of actually looking for space? Obviously, y'all had conversations, you saw the need, and then you kind of decided to, to, to begin at least that conversation of, of, should we work together? Should we at least begin a search? Yeah, again, I think going back to that first interaction that we have, and I do remember a little bit of that with Pretty in Pink on one floor and and we were on the other floor. And maybe the reason I couldn't come see you is because I was in my fancy closet office at the time where I sat for a year and a half. (laughs) I remember that. We ran out of our first space in that building was less than a thousand square feet and we had no extra space for our new hires. And so I sat in a closet where I couldn't close the door and my chair would kind of be out the side, but it was very convenient and nice nice small office. But we were looking to move within that building. So we moved to the first floor and ended up taking over and redoing some space on the first floor of that building. And then fortunately, unfortunately, outgrew that within about a year. And so as Kim and I's relationship was building through NCER and some of the other stuff we were doing together, it was very quickly time to start looking again. And so I think we started to have those conversations over over breakfast or lunch or, or random networking meetings or whatever it was. We did. And and so I was really excited to, to start working with Kim at that point. We had been working with a tenant rep on the previous spaces and had a great experience there. But I knew at this point that we were looking to uh, potentially buy our next location. And so having conversations with Kim and kind of leaning on her experiences and having the trust in her that, that I did and do, it was easy to start work, working with Kim on those things. Okay, I'm blushing now. So <laughs> when when we met, when we actually started working together to look for your corporate headquarters, it was really interesting. We we talked in depthly about your business strategy and your future growth plans for Kelica. And right away you knew that you wanted to buy instead of lease. How did you come to that decision and maybe what were some of the key factors that went into making that decision? Yeah, I, I, I think I knew. I still, I, every, every year I get older and happen to have birthday yesterday, as you know, because you Happy sent me a nice birthday. text. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Every year I get older, I realize how, how little I know um, <laughs> as the years pass. And, and so I, I think I knew what I was getting into. Looking back, very happy with the decision, but I had the experience uh, in my last company where I was the hired gun for a company uh, up in Michigan for 10 years before coming to Raleigh 11 years ago. I had the the good opportunity to run someone else's business. And the owners of that business had purchased their building. 
And I always thought how nice it was each month as we would write them their rent check and pay the owners their rent check and how nice it was for their kind of future pension plan at the time. And I look at it differently now, obviously still see some of those benefits, but I always kind of knew that it was a step I wanted to take. And I think that the 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 stage that Kelica was in was appropriate. We had been here close to a decade at that point. The mm-hmm. foundation was fairly strong. I want to knock on wood without messing up the microphone here. But the foundation was in a good place for Kelica. Uh, I thought that the market was in a good place. I mean, this is a really interesting market the last few years with the, the pandemic and the, now the interest rates and things. And I think we were at the the right point in there to kind of jump into it. And so timing worked out. But the other reason, and I was thinking about this, is as a business owner, as someone that started a business from scratch here, I think it's important to put down the roots in the community. Mm, and mm-hmm. the roots in terms of, of owning a business is one thing of, of purchasing residential real estate. It's another thing and getting involved in our kids' schools and getting involved in the different organizations like NCR or things like that. But I think commercial real estate is just another way to get involved and get connected to the community. And I think it's almost a, a responsibility or you know, perhaps an opportunity and a responsibility for business owners to do that. Well said. You do a lot in the community too. What are some of the organizations or things that you do in the community? We try to. And I, I, I don't know how much or how long my list is, but I think the the team at Kelica does a great job of getting involved in the community and whether it's act, you know, as you said, I was membership chair of NCR back three, four years ago with you and I'm still membership chair today and somehow <laughs> back into that. So obviously still active in, in the North Carolina executive Roundtable. We're getting more and more active in organizations like the NC tech, North Carolina technology association, the Midtown Raleigh Alliance. So we're trying to get out there and do as much as we can over the years. We've done a bit with the chamber back and forth. And then a lot of the Activate Good organizations that are tied through Activate Good. So we, we try to do quite a bit from a service standpoint as well. Keith, what are maybe some of the specific criteria that you and Kim talked about and maybe even had to go through an analysis as you began to identify the ideal solution for your business needs? And oftentimes we talk about there's a short-term solution and there's a long-term need but we want to analyze both. But what did you and Kim kind of go through as you began to look at that? Yeah, it was interesting to go through that, John, because this was my first time in commercial real estate. And and while I've had the good fortune of buying and selling and and winning and losing on a lot of residential real estate, I didn't know much about this. And so my mind immediately went to location, location, location. Mm -hmm. And I think it's still applied just as much in in the commercial real estate thing. In fact, when we ended up deciding on the building, one of the ways that we introduced it to the team and told the team about it was we created a, a slideshow that said, here was everyone's current commute to the existing office, the one off of Creedmoor, and here was what their new commute was going to be. And overall, it was a difference of uh, less, it was half a mile shorter than the collective team commute before. And, and oh, the yay. one that had the greatest <laughs> increase in commute was me. And so I was increasing my commute for the most part and decreasing everyone else, everyone else's. So it was important to get a good location from uh, my team and where they were located. And, and this was during the remote hybrid stage of the pandemic. And so, uh, but we knew that folks ultimately related on a hybrid scenario where they're in the office three days and remote or working from anywhere two days. But location was big. I know some other criteria I remember clearly talking about because we live in this beautiful 
the state of North Carolina was that we wanted outdoor space. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to have some patio space or someplace where our team could go for meetings or have their, their meals outside and spend the time outside. So we're fortunate to have a couple of outdoor spaces in our current building. I wanted walkability if we could. I, as much as I uh, love getting in the car and, and driving around and enjoying the wonderful traffic that we now get to experience with the growing North Carolina, I really like to just walk out of the office and walk over. So now I think we have nine or 10 restaurants directly across the street. I would say 90% of the team every day will go out and walk over to the restaurants or walk over, grab a coffee or walk over and, and grab some sort of treat. And I think maybe the occasional stopping at Home Goods or TJ Maxx or whatever else is over there that everyone likes to shop at too. But Walkability was a big part. But you talked about the needs of short-term versus the long-term. I think that was probably the biggest part of our strategy and the criteria we looked for is what was going to work for Kelica today and, and for where we were at as we had just outgrown two other offices relatively quickly. And then what was going to be our solution in three to five to 10 years. And so we wanted to make sure that we were looking ahead as far as we could. There's no no crystal ball in all of this, but we tried our best to look ahead and think you know, as Kelican continues to grow, as Kelica continues to hire more folks, as the market continues to change, as the economy continues to ebb and flow, where do we want to be? And so I think that was a lot of the strategic conversations with Kim. And how do you feel about that location now? Absolutely love it. And I think back to some of the other locations that we were close on before and that didn't have the same level of walkability, that didn't have the same sort of great outdoor space and the and that ability to flex as we grow and things like that. And we absolutely love the the space now. I I don't think I realized how good it was until we were there for six to 12 months or so. Right. Because of the restaurants, because the restaurants now have changed a little bit or they continue to update. And so we feel luckier every day that we're in the space. Awesome. One of the things also that you touched on early on, Keith, that it just probably emphasizes to me the health of your culture is that you as a principal, the decision wasn't about you. This actually forced you to have a more significant commute than any of your team. And again, we talk a lot in our shop about leaders lead. And I applaud you for that, uh, just the way that that was handled and certainly the way that you presented it. He, he, you're talking to the man who had his office in a closet. I thought about that So as that well. everybody else could have a lot of space. I mean, it's amazing. It is. To our listeners, this is inspirational, just those two little nuggets there. Keith, I believe you all bought a multi-tenant building, That's which correct. many of our clients will do, and sometimes there's risk associated with that, but maybe elaborate on why you all went down that path versus something that was maybe just more standalone. Well, to be clear, we did purchase a freestanding building, I guess it's it's called, right? So we're not a a floor or a suite within a much larger building at this okay. point. And we only had three tenants within the building. So it wasn't that complicated of a setup. But one of the reasons we looked at that is because the overall building worked for the, one of the suites worked for Kelica in the short term, the overall building and growth and expansion opportunities worked more for Kelica in the longer term. And it was just kind of that right size, that right, you know, kind of sizable nugget to take on. We didn't need the whole building on day one. And the fact that it at the time it was fully leased was very attractive. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. fact that we were able to you know, help that as we looked at our finances and looked ahead at the books and talked to the banks 
it was helpful to know that we had some income, if you will, coming in from those existing tenants. They had long terms left on their leases. And and so I th- those were some of the key factors to that. But it really wasn't that I wanted to be a landlord or, or that I don't want to be a landlord. I just thought that the building was perfect in terms of its location and and the long short term and the long term fit for Kelica and that the walkability, the outside, all those other factors. One other part on this building in particular was that I saw an easy opportunity to take it up a level. And you know, mm-hmm. as we we purchased mm-hmm. the building and we quickly jumped into redoing the parking lot, redoing the roof, redoing the landscaping, redoing a lot of the inside and some things that just hadn't been given a whole lot of TLC in recent years. And so I felt it was an easy opportunity to go in and make it a great experience for Kelica, but also for our, our other tenants in the building that had not received as much TLC as perhaps, you know, they could have. That curb appeal, oftentimes, I think as our residential friends will call it, and we too, we see buildings that sometimes have that curb appeal and other buildings where it's a tremendous opportunity for a facelift or just for some investment dollars and you get that immediate return. Well, Keith is somebody who has a lot of vision, as you can tell. Mm, and yes. it is so helpful when you're working with somebody like that because you can take them into a space and into a building and they can see what it could be, you know, with just a few changes how they can elevate it and elevate the game for everybody mm-hmm. who's in that building. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we did a little bit of that, obviously. And you were great on that as well. I do not have the most creative mind, but I do appreciate how much Kim and I went back and forth and imagine if we did this or if we did this and where it could be or what it could be. And, and here's how this could work longer term or here's the next stage of this. And it was really helpful to have Kim involved in those thoughts and conversations. Well, I appreciate being your thought partner. Well, it's so good to have someone who can be that sounding board and that thought partner, as you mentioned, Kim, because we have X dollars. How are we going to invest these dollars to create impact? And where where can we maybe put off that spending some dollars because it really doesn't need to be addressed right now? Keith, I think as you went through this process, I'm sure there you touched on key indicators or key factors. Share with us maybe some things that other CEOs and business owners within our audience that they should maybe even look at prioritizing when they're evaluating purchasing real estate for their company. I don't know if I'm an expert to to share a ton here, so I'll, I'll certainly lead towards Kim at some point on this, but I think it's important for CEOs to understand their stage of business. Kelica, my business, was not ready for this five years ago. Mm. And I think as we're only an 11-plus-year-old company, if we had tried to take on this risk or load, a.k.a. stress, on top of where the business was five years ago, I think it, it could have been too much and perhaps not – I would have been giving 50% to both and not being able to give what I needed to the business and needed to the building to make it work. And so I think where their business is at, the what the foundation of their business is like, what their, you know, what their growth rate has been, their annually compounded growth rate has been, and where they're looking in terms of their forecast from a business standpoint. I think that's a pretty key part of it. Understanding the risk reward is big. This is a, as a business owner, you often go through nights not sleeping because you can't turn your head off or you're thinking about whatever problem it is or, or opportunity it is that you're looking ahead. And building ownership is similar. 
Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What happens when I lose a tenant? What happens when I have space that's sitting empty or not getting paid for? And, and how do I deal with that? And how might that impact my business in Kelica as well? And so there's a lot of risk, reward, stress that comes with it. One of the things though, from a, I guess, a CEO to CEO is to think about their overall portfolio as well. Mm -hmm. And where are they at in their portfolio from a personal investment standpoint, from their own business standpoint, where are they at in their ownership, where are they at from a cash standpoint? And to think about that overall portfolio because commercial real estate is a nice mix to a diversified portfolio. And so I think it's an interesting thing from a long-term strategy standpoint. The last part though, I want to, we talked about the stage of the business and where they are, but I think too, as much as they can think about what the impact is going to be on their business. What is it going to say to the employees? What is it going to say to the market? What is it going to say to your clients when they know that you've gone in and, and put down roots and committed to something like a building? Because it's just, it's a whole nother level of commitment. And I think it's impacted in a positive way, our culture, our team, our client relationships, whether it's clients driving down the street and seeing the big logo on the side of the building or, or clients knowing that we've just, we've committed to our community. And so I think the overall business impact and, and what it may have in a positive, perhaps negative way is important to look at. Keith, as y'all have looked at acquiring real estate and for most business owners, a lender is going to be needed and lenders carry a valuable part of that solution to invest in real estate. Do you feel like that your overall strategies have been met and do you see the benefits already of acquiring real estate? Quick answer, yes. Longer answer, I, I'm not sure I really know yet. I think it's still pretty early. I'm a couple of years in. If I look at the uh, lending situation that's going on right now, and my understanding is that the banks are not giving out a whole lot of money right now where things are at, let alone where the rates are at versus the rate that we were able to secure a couple of years ago. And I think it was very much a good financial decision. Now, as we have, I think, eight air conditioning units in the building and we've got you know, plenty of other things that can and will go wrong. Tell me what my crystal ball shows me five years down the road and we'll see if it was the right financial decision. But my answer is yes. I, I believe it's worked as I talked to the banks, and we t and thanks to Kim making introductions to her wonderful network, we talked to a lot of different banks, a lot of different lenders, and looked at different options. And we had to obviously keep some money on the side too to redo the curb appeal of the building and things and, and put some investment back into it. But I think it was a good financial decision. Obviously, there is a long-term hope to this, and whether that's you know, I, I don't foresee selling the building anytime soon, nor obviously the business and or things like that. But there, you know, certainly some long-term equity in this. And at some point, I would hope the building is paid off, and and maybe this is my pension plan, like I was paying the previous owners of my last mm. business. Yes, that's not a bad place to be, or a way for me to continue to invest back in the market. I I don't know that I'm finished with just one commercial property. I'd like to see a little bit as to what happens to the office space market, because I think a lot of people are questioning, is there still the same need for office space that there was three years ago pre-pandemic? And, and I'm sure you both have interesting opinions on that, but I, I, I believe there is. And as much as companies have gone remote and as much as companies have gone to the hybrid, I still believe there's a need for office space. We are looking at 
likely potentially expanding within our own building right now because we need more office space due to growth and 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 our team is hybrid. So all that said, I think it was a good financial decision and and we'll see where it goes. Well, and the fact that you can control your own destiny by owning that asset and you've got the ability to expand on site. That's right. It sounds like the solution that y'all found was just, it really is ideal. I think so. I think it's worked out well for you. You both know I'm a numbers girl. So we did a lot of financial analysis when we were looking at buying the building. And one of the things that was important to me was I wanted to make sure that for Keith and his business, whatever endeavor he went into, it was going to be something that he could support long term, that it was going to serve his company well long term, but also that he would be in, invested in long term. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that has worked out well. And Agreed. as you said, it's time will tell, right? Yep. That's right. And I do on the office front, I do think it's so important for your brand You mentioned that earlier, talking about the impact it's had on your culture and just being committed to the community. That's your brand. That's your brand from a recruitment perspective, but also your brand to your current clients and your potential clients. So I think office is here to stay. There's always going to be some office component. The way that we work may be different now and futuristically than it has been historically, but I don't see it going away. I would agree with you, Kim. Let's step back to when y'all were in the negotiation process and going through your due diligence to kind of analyze this opportunity. What were maybe some critical steps that you took during the due diligence process to really confirm that this building met your business requirements and that really gave you that confidence to move forward from an investment strategy? I'll jokingly say some sleepless nights thinking through it and running the, <laughs> running the math and re-looking through the financial analysis that, that Kim was doing. Number one, trust in our partners without question. This was my first time. I, I didn't, I probably still don't know much about commercial real estate, but having a good relationship and, and trust was the key. And to be able to lean on her in understanding what we were doing right, where there was risk, where there was potential risk, where there was anything. And and to have those conversations and knowing and feeling like Kim would walk away from it just as quickly as we had to, if we had to. And we did walk away from some other ones. We uh, did. And so I don't believe this was our first offer on a building. I think we went through a couple others and it just didn't work. That's right. And this was so our third. This was our third. My goodness. And I'm so happy we didn't get the other ones. So I, again, that trust in our partners too often. I don't, this isn't just for commercial real estate because I've never done it before, but I feel like in real estate or in other sales organizations, professional services, I feel like you're getting sold. And it's never felt that with Kim. I always felt like she was, had my best interest, had my company's best interest at heart and, uh, and kept it in mind. So trusting Kim, I think reviewing, uh, all the existing leases because the multi-tenant was key. Sure. And, I think we knew some risks that we took on there at the time. I perhaps didn't fully understand because I I still don't fully understand because I can't (laughs) stand reading the leases. Thankfully, Kim does. But I think knowing that, I think at the time, critical steps, the the speed of the market in 2021 was was tough. It was was fast. 
Crazy fast. Crazy fast. And we were looking at buildings. I think some of those three offers, I think, were buildings that we saw on the first day. And we made offers in the first day, but we weren't the only ones. So we saw a lot of multi-offer situations. On this building in particular, I think we made an offer on the first day we saw it or pretty quick thereafter, at least late one night as Kim was calling me late, you know, (laughs) working on the the (laughs) documents. But the speed was critical at the time. I think creativity was a big part in closing this one too. We had an existing, the existing owner was a tenant in the building. And looking back, I don't know why I offered this, but we offered for the existing tenant to stay on site for a while because they didn't have a new home. And I had some flexibility in my existing lease back at my other building. And so we were able to be a bit flexible on that. I think that creativity helped as well as a good competitive offer obviously helped. But I think the creativity of leaving the existing tenant in there was a a good creative solution and that was necessary. It did make our offer more competitive Mm -hmm. for that flexibility with him. He did need to lease back for a short period of time. And like you said, the market was firecracker hot. There were multiple offers on properties left and right and crazy seller requirements because they didn't have to sell. So... But we went in pretty aggressively on this building because we knew it fit what you were looking for so well and the future growth of your business. So not to disclose any confidential information, but we did do some things that were unusual, like an extremely high earnest money deposit with a portion of it being non-refundable right off the bat. And you guys know I treat property when I'm representing a client like it's my own mm-hmm. and I'm risk adverse. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so for us to do that was big in my my world. I was like, mm, I don't know about this, but if you want it, this is probably what we're going to need to do. Right. And we did, and we ended up getting it. And fortunately for us, we had a short examination period, again, to make it competitive. Fortunately for us, the seller had prepared very well and already had some documents in place. That's right. So we didn't have to get a whole new survey. We didn't have to get a whole new phase one. We we could just build off of what was already there, which left us doing the property condition assessment, learning about the roof and what was going to be required right. and the HVACs and the parking lot. So it it was interesting. It was it was fast. It was very fast. It It was was very fast. But also what you all are emphasizing is the creativity on your side as as the buyer, but a seller who is proactive and already has a lot of the answers that the buyer is going to be requiring. And every seller wants top dollar, and they want it as quick as they can get it. So for our audience, if you're a seller, be proactive and go ahead and get answers to items that you believe the buyers are going to need it will help you accomplish your objectives even as a seller. Absolutely. I second that motion. (laughs) (laughs) So Keith, how has, you talked a little bit earlier about how this property has helped your culture and your organization. Can you expand a little bit about, I mean, you've had some accelerated growth. I don't know that it's due to this property, but Talk a little bit about how owning this building has helped you and helped your culture and helped your organization grow. Yeah, it's interesting, accelerated growth. So we have doubled our 
uh, internal employee size in the last two years. We're on track to double it again in this coming two years. And when I had my office in the tiny little closet where I, <laughs> you know, could touch all the walls uh, with my elbows, uh, we certainly could not do that. We simply could not expand. We didn't have the space. And at the time, pre-pandemic, remote wasn't really a thing. We we still had desk phones, and we weren't on soft phone systems and VoIP. You know, it was different. And so, I think that the just the pure space for our team to have desk space for our team to have collaborative workspace has been so critical to our growth. And I, again, I think we would have grown regardless of where we were in an office, we would have figured it out or I would have taken half the closet if someone else was willing to share it. (laughs) Right. Or we could have maybe put lofts in or something. We actually joked about putting a loft system in that office once to see if we could have a second floor inside of the little (laughs) nine foot ceilings. I'm not sure what code would have thought, but we did talk about doing that because we, we knew we were going to have to put these people someplace. Now with the hybrid world, it changes it a bit more uh, with half the team working remotely and half the team on site any given day. But from a culture standpoint, this new office and, and really this building, as we look at print potentially taking on more space has created more collaborative workspace opportunities. And collaboration is one of our core values. That's the Mm. C in Kelica, by the way. Kelica represents our core values. And collaboration is so critical to our business that having spaces that accommodate and promote and support that sort of work is, is key to our culture and to our success. And so having this building has allowed us to rethink some spaces. And now we have some rooms that don't have desks in them that are purely just for that collaborative work area. We have a a room that's called our vision room, which is whatever we need it to be. And we change the desks as we need it. And we change the setup as we need it. We've got another 522 break room, long story, but silly story. Our break room where it's, it's sort of a break room, sort of a playroom, sort of a, I think a daycare at times. It's whatever people (laughs) need it to be. And so I think the space has just allowed us to continue some of that collaboration. I I talked about it earlier, I think, John, in an answer to one of yours. I think there's something that gives back to our team as well when they see our commitment mm-hmm. to this building. There's just that idea of putting down roots. Now, I don't overly advertise the fact that I've purchased the building. I think most of our employees figure it out or someone maybe tells them, I don't necessarily talk about it. I I own the building through a separate LLC. (laughs) Sorry, afraid in the microphone. I own the building through a separate LLC. And so they don't necessarily know that I own it, but I do know that they see that logo on the building when they drive in, they see the work and the care and the commitment we have to the space. And so I think that they, they buy into that in the same way and they feel committed because we know we're there for the long run. I'm going to take it one other way, and how has it helped our growth? Having that building, having a legit brand and a presence like that and a a bit of a more grand presence than just our name on a building plaque has allowed me to hire some senior-level talent as well. Mm. And I think we probably could have hired them before, but we've added some senior-level folks to our team that bring in decades and decades of great experiences, and I think that they walk in, and it's a good, impressive first impression or it helps that first impression and helps them show that we are legit 
in a way. Sure. I think we were legit before, but now having this building and this, you know, solid foundation helps with some of those key hires as well. Kind of gives them that confirmation that really maybe they've been looking for as they've been out trying to really find that right environment for their own talent to be on display. And what a driver of employee engagement. I I was there at the grand opening and I just saw the sense of pride that mm-hmm. your employees had standing there before the mayor doing the ribbon cutting. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Everybody was just beaming. And so I think there's a, a sense of additional employee engagement among people like this is us. Yeah, there is. There is. They, they take their ownership in it. I absolutely love it for my, I mentioned my birthday was yesterday. So for my birthday, <laughs> the team on, on Mondays, we do wellness activities where everyone does something for the better wellness, mental health and so on. And, but their wellness activity this week was to give the office a deep clean as a birthday gift to me. And they all take such ownership in simple things like cleaning the office. What has it been like becoming a landlord and managing a multi-tenanted building? I mean, you've got your own business to run and make sure your own business needs are met. Mm-hmm. But it has to be different now. You've been a tenant, and now you're a landlord, and you're a tenant with Kelica. <laughs> so what's that transformation been like? I often joke with uh, folks when they say, you know, the bathroom needs more soap or whatever it is. I'll, I tell them, and I'm going to go yell at the landlord, and then I disappear. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it has been interesting. Let alone trying to manage a, a house, right, or things like that. As as my kids are growing up and my lawnmowers are leaving home at some point here soon, so now I'm forced to do it at home too. But it's been it's been fun, actually. I don't mind rolling my sleeves up and getting my hands dirty when need be. I'm not sure my wife Erin loved it, but the the very first weekend we purchased the building and I took the kids and we went in and cleaned the bathrooms, and we spent an entire day just cleaning the bathrooms because they needed an entire day of cleaning the public bathrooms there. And fortunate now to have a great janitorial partner to help on that on a a more frequent basis. But I like getting my hands rolled up and and getting involved in these things. I think we did some great stuff to the building out of the gates. And I should say that actually in terms of being the actual landlord, one of the first things I did after purchasing the building was I went and met with the tenants and sat down with each of them for a couple hours to take their feedback and their kind of wish list as to how it's been for them and what could be better? And I walked away with many pages of notes of things that could have been better for them in terms of their building experience and uh, and things like the parking lot and the roof and the darn squirrel problems that exist on that <laughs> lot with too many pine trees. <laughs> darn squirrels. And, uh, and so I got a lot of feedback from the existing tenants, a lot of things that kind of added to our initial punch list, like cleaning the bathrooms, like redoing the parking lot and the roof and the landscaping and and uh, the signage and all sorts of stuff and tuning up the HVAC and some electrical issues. There was, again, kind of a fun list. Some of that stuff I could do on my own, but a lot of it I had to hire good partners. And again, trust in our partners because she has the network and she introduced me to a lot of those good partners. And, and so we've been fortunate to partner up with them and have some folks come in and take care of that. We've got great landscapers now in Yardneek. We've got you know some good folks that helped on our roof and our parking lot and but it's been good. I will say I, I try to keep them separate. And I joke about going to yell at the landlord, but because I don't necessarily advertise that I am the building owner, I I don't. I know our health and safety committee was just going around and they were having to redo the fire hydrants throughout the, you know, the building. And 
And so they prepared a report and they sent it to the building owner, which is a, a company called LD. And, and, and then I got the report and I handled it completely separate. And so I do try to keep those things separate. I often will get in early if I have some building projects, changing tiles or doing whatever, or I will do it on the weekends when need be just to keep those things separated. I've got separate storage for the building, you know, public bathrooms versus the stuff that my business Kelica uses in their suite. So very much try to keep them separate. And I think that's important. I think that my tenants appreciate that. I will say, and I've heard the feedback because they're very grateful for all the work that we've done to improve the building and the curb appeal and, and the quality of, of the inside as well. And they, I think they enjoy having a owner on site as well. Mm-hmm. As you're looking back, what would you say is the most valuable lesson you learned through the entire process of purchasing some commercial real estate for the first time and for your business? <laughs> you didn't pay me to say it, but I'm going to keep saying trust in Kim. This is not the Kim show, by the the way. It's the Kim show. (laughs) Well, it's the trust in your partners. Because again, whether it's Kim or or financial institution in the building, South State Bank helped us on the building and it was fantastic. Or the folks that did some remodeling for us up on the top floor, you know, and new folks are doing more remodeling for us, all sorts of things. But trust in our partners, that's key because you can't do it all. And, and I still have to worry about keeping the lights on with the, you know, the, the day job and the main business. <clears throat> but I think also, again, as I talked earlier about business stage is key. And I have a great leadership team of my, of Kelica, of my main business. And so being able to trust in them to continue doing the things that need to happen for the business, as I had to divert some focus, effort, time, resources over towards the building and some of those projects. And as we look to potentially expand in the building, here it is again. And so I'm talking to that leadership team about that and being able to rely and trust in them. But I think the lessons continue to come in every day in terms of ways to take advantage of it, quite frankly, and ways to make it a part of our our company and of our culture while still keeping it separate because it is a bit separated. Mm -hmm. Any additional advice you'd, as we start wrapping up, that you would like to share? Advice? I'm not the I'm not the person to give advice. I feel like I'm still <laughs> trying to learn so much. Keep learning. Do your research. Have find your trusted partners. Get Kim. Get John. Get whomever it is and their extended network that they've worked with before. And so you have that proven network and and that ability to trust in it. Make your plan. Challenge it. Push back on it. Ask for pushback. Whether it's yeah, you know, it's interesting. People always I feel like in the few fortunate times I've been interviewed or I talk to folks, they always ask about starting a business. And they tell me, I want to start a business. What do you have to say? What's your advice for starting a business? And the first thing I say is, don't do it. Don't you dare do it. Run, (laughs) run as fast as you can. You do not want to start a business. And interestingly, and not surprisingly, over half the people say, okay, and they don't ask me any more questions. So if they're not willing to push past my initial pushback, and, and say, well, no, I really want to do this. Well, then I'm not going to have a conversation with them because they're not ready. But if you're willing to push back, then I'm willing to have a conversation about what it's like to, to do to start a business and what it means to have sleepless nights and, and gray hairs as they fall out and all those <laughs> things. And I think it's probably close to that or similar to that with purchasing commercial real estate or commercial residential real estate for that matter. Get someone to push back and see how you're, you know, test those waters a little bit. See what happens when you don't have tenants. See what happens when 
the air conditioner units go <clears throat> or when when the next pandemic hits or when the next whatever mm-hmm. you know disaster hits or financial crisis or economic swings or business swings or things like that push back test yourself and if you're able to push through all of those and, and have an answer or, or still feel confident about it then maybe you're ready and i think that's something i've learned in starting businesses and, and watching others start businesses, I think that's certainly something I continue to learn and, and now have learned on the commercial real estate side. That is something I have always admired about you is your passion and your commitment. It just, it shines in everything that you do. Thank you. You are Thank well. you. Yes. Well, Keith, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for allowing me and Phoenix Commercial Properties to shepherd you through the process of buying your first commercial real estate building. We appreciate you so much, and we appreciate you spending the time with us on Commercial Real Estate Matters. My pleasure. It's been a pleasure. John, Kim, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for working with, with me and Kelica. Keith, this has been so informative, and it is so impressive to see someone who, A, is so passionate about their people and about their culture and about their business, and yet you're kind of in you're, you're in grade school, if you will, or elementary <laughs> school from an investment strategy, but it is so apparent that the experience going through the prudent steps and going through the exercise and the analysis the key elements of that have allowed you to achieve some success. But we do, as Kim said, we appreciate the friendship and just the opportunity of working collectively to help you and your company grow. And we look forward to crossing paths with you all for many, many years to come. Thank you, John. Thanks for tuning in to Commercial Real Estate Matters. We hope you've enjoyed learning about the latest trends and news in the industry. As always, we welcome your feedback and suggestions. Please consider following us on social media or subscribing to this podcast to stay up to date on all the latest news. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.